Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, welcome to Send It with Steph. I'm Steph Fleckenstein, your host, and today I'm really excited to introduce my guest for the day, my sister Katie. She is one of the hardest working athletes I know, but she's also had to overcome a lot of injuries and setbacks throughout her career. And I think she has a lot of expertise coming from a lot of success at a young age and then having to deal with rehabbing and missing a lot of skiing. So without further ado, we are going to get her insider knowledge on coming back from injuries, going to school, and how she keeps a positive mindset even when things aren't going her way. Okay. Just knows this is my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the podcast. I'm very excited to have you. And I miss being home with you. Miss you at home. (laughs) You're having fun. Christmas is good. Yeah. 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 Uh, Looks like it's been so much freaking fun. There's so much snow. And what? How many times have you gone sledding so far with dad? Only twice, three times. Because my wrist. Because uh, your wrist. Yeah. Uh, Katie has a fractured wrist for anyone that's wondering. <laughs> How did you fracture your wrist, Katie? Uh, mountain biking the day before we got back on snow. <laughs> Just another day in the life of Katie Fleck. Hey. <laughs> oh my God. Um, okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, Katie and I are sisters. I am two years older, but you wouldn't know because in a lot of ways, Katie is wiser than me and smarter just all around, right? Miss neuroscience. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we did grow up together, obviously. And so Katie, what was it like growing up in Whistler? And how do you think the atmosphere of it all kind of shaped who you are as an athlete? Whistler is the best. Um, I'll always say that. I think just having so much access to like the beautiful outdoors and the mountains and just the people around here, such a good atmosphere to grow up in. And all my friends kind of share the same mentality as me, where it's just spend as much time as possible outside, just kind of live every day to the fullest. So (laughs) that definitely (laughs) shaped me as a person. Yes, I would agree. I feel like we grew up in a very like you had to be doing something 24 7 there was no downtime (laughs) especially with skiing yeah or especially on a sunny day like if it's sunny in Whistler and you're inside something's wrong with you (laughs) you know what that might be why we both like rainy days yeah (laughs) actually I realized that I realized that the other day I'm like you know I can really go for a rainy day down in Boulder because it kind of changes like when it's sunny every day in Boulder and I'm like ah I gotta get outside and I'm like wait (laughs) I've done something every day for like two months now (laughs) yeah I know it is crazy you also were just the nonstop kid I feel like that's a little bit common for second children though like you were always trying to keep up yeah Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> because you look up to me so much, on. right? You just wanted to be like me. <laughs> I was wanted to beat you. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to beat me. Oh, that's very cute. <laughs> How's that going for you? <laughs> yes. 
good in many aspects of life, but um, <laughs> do you think that that kind of mentality helped foster you into the athlete you are? Like, just go, go, go. Yes. And no, like, I think had I grown up somewhere else, like the East or just like a very athlete specific, like ski racing specific community, I definitely be more intense with my ski racing and like definitely more focused on that. But growing up in Whistler, there's so much other fun stuff to do. And like, it kind of taught me of all the other fun stuff to do. So now I'm like, yeah, like, obviously I love ski racing. That's my number one focus in life, but there are also so many other things that I want to do. Sometimes I get kind of distracted and like want to choose other stuff over ski racing, but it definitely kept it more fun. And I don't know if I would be in the sport still if mm-hmm. I didn't have the other aspects to it. Yeah. I was talking to mom about this the other day, but do you think that like when I was thinking of, um, or maybe it was dad, but when I was thinking of athletes that I really look up to and idolize, a lot of them are not ski racers. And I think that's just coming from Whistler is like, we grew up with all these unbelievable athletes around us, but they weren't specifically ski racers, but like, I don't know. Do you think that that's kind of, would you say the same thing? Or do you think you idolize a lot of ski racers over, um, other athletes? No, I definitely look up to mountain bikers or big mountain skiers or surfers more just because to me they seem to kind of have a more free outlook on sport and it's not like their only focus like it's really cool to look at like the Lindsay Vons and the Kayla Schiffrins who have done so much for the sport and like achieved so much in their lives with ski racing but it's also cool to look at like John John Florence or Sam Kush or like all these guys who do such cool stuff in other sports but also have just like the widest mindset towards outdoors and just playing and having fun in your sport while you're competitive. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's such a good point because I feel like ski racers are kind of bred to be so competitive and it's such a type A sport that while coaches may say like, oh, it's all about having fun. Like at the end of the day, if you're someone who's like smiling in the start gate or like laughing at the top of the course, they are like, why aren't you more intense? Why aren't you more serious? So I, I agree with you. I think that it's cool to see other athletes who like are really enjoying what they're doing. And they're also unbelievable at it. And you can tell they work hard. Like you don't just become a professional athlete randomly, you know, (laughs) like, doesn't matter what you're doing. Yeah. 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 You agree with me. You're like, yeah, you're so- <laughs> got it yeah. figured out. Aww. Um, okay. Well, we'll start, we'll take a dive into your ski racing career first. So you did really well your first year fist, I would say better than I did my first year fist. And you ended up on the podium at Canadian nationals that year. And then you went to spring series and tore your ACL. What, what was that kind of like mental process for you? Do you remember what it was like that day? Um, yeah. So I went down to spring series, honestly, just cause I didn't want to go to school. Like I, there's no <laughs> reason I should have gone there. Like there is no way I couldn't have scored. I was so tired. We, I just raced like probably 50 races that year and coming from U16 when you're racing like maybe 10 
that's mm-hmm. like a huge jump. Mm-hmm. But I was just so immersed in the ski racing that I was like, yeah, spring ski is going to be fun. Like get to hang out with my friends more. I don't have to go to school. And I got down there and it was just a mess. Like the, the snow was horrible. We had to cancel half the races just because it was so bad. And then the song came around and that day I was like, okay, we're going to do it. Like we had just raced a GS that day, I think that morning. And then we switched to slalom because they had to like double up because it was one good day of snow. <laughs> and I was starting pretty far back probably because it was a pretty stacked field. And I was like, yeah, we're going to pipe this run because I had not skied well yet. And then I was going down, I hip slid. And as I was hip slid, I'm like, no, like you got to finish, you got to finish. So I like, put my skis down, tried to stand up and then had the worst pain of my life. Like instantly just shot through me. And I was like, damn, that hurt. And I like tried to stand (laughs) up. I like couldn't stand up. And there's a video of the next girl behind me. I'm literally just lying there. And like, you hear all the coaches. They're like, man, like what happened? Like, did she miss a cross block? Like, why is she lying there? Like there can't be anything wrong with her. And I tried skiing down and I made it to the bottom of the course. And like, this is in Mission Ridge where the race hill is really high up. And then you have to ski pretty far down. So I made it to the bottom of the race hill and then had to take a toboggan down and like was just sitting in the first aid hut. And they're like, no, nah, like, I think your knee's fine. I don't know. Doesn't look that bad. I got home and then had an MRI. The dreaded news. <laughs> yeah we didn't think anything was bad I was sitting at physio and like my dad walks in and he's like well I have some good news and bad news I'm like all right like it's probably just a strained MCL or something is like you tore your ACL it's like no yeah I remember that day too (laughs) yeah not Uh, a good one was that your first big injury I forget I mean my first (laughs) yeah actually I think it was like all my other injuries were super random they're like a concussion or yeah you got toboggan down one other time right and that ski cross yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so that was your first like real toboggan ride where you were like oh god well (laughs) where I was actually like conscious of what was going on yeah (laughs) oh god uh man did you have any idea what the ACL rehab process was like, or were you just like, you were so young. I, yeah, I look I back at you now so and young. you were such a baby. <laughs> well, yeah. The only other person I knew was Molly who had done her knee and right. to her, it, it just, she did it super well. It just didn't look very fun. Cause I had to miss a year of skiing. The, honestly, yeah, that was like yeah. the thing I was most upset about is that I had to miss another year, a year of skiing. Like yeah. that's all that mattered to me. Yeah. I think especially when you have a good first year fist and you kind of start hearing things about provincial team selection and all that type of stuff, you instantly (laughs) think about like, oh God, I'm going to miss a year of skiing. Yeah, definitely. God. So once you got into the rehab process and was that, was that your first year at 40s? Were you with Mike that year or no? No, I I wasn't yet. No, I was still seeing Jeff and it was horrible like I have (laughs) these videos still of me trying to straighten my leg and I was oh it hurt so much and like I was not nearly as intensive an athlete then as I am now like I just started going to the gym I wasn't I had no idea what it took to I don't know come back from injury yet oh man those first two weeks were 
horrible. <laughs> they are not fun. Yeah. I I do remember your first one and it was not enjoyable to watch at all. No. Um yeah, sheesh. So you went through this whole rehab process, you came back. Um <laughs> and then what was it like? So <laughs> I don't even know how to segue into this. I'm just going to say it. How were your how did your next two ACLs compare to the first one? Because <laughs> Miss Katie Flegenstein has had three ACL reconstructions and she's basically a professional. So if you have any questions about rehabbing, ask Katie. <laughs> Yeah. Um, my second one I think was the hardest because I had obviously just come back from my first ACL. I'd had like a full season ski racing, just one U19 nationals, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And then I was skiing so like I was skiing the best I'd skied that fall. Like on my team, there are a bunch of girls who have now raised world cup and I was kind of keeping pace with them. So that was pretty cool. And then just one day of training blew my knee and I was in denial for good. <laughs> Even after I had the surgery, I was still in denial. I'm like, nah, this didn't happen to me. I'm fine. Um, that one was definitely the hardest just cause I was like racing myself basically. Like I was like, okay, I made it back at seven months last time. This time I'll try to go six months. But mm-hmm. the thing about ACLs is it's a ligament. Like it's not a muscle. You can't make it stronger. So I basically just had to wait until that ligament was strong enough for me to get skiing, which was tough because I also, I was out of school at this point, didn't really have much else going on. Like I started taking some courses, but it's pretty lonely. And then the third one was actually pretty chill because that was right (laughs) during the pan, like the beginning of the pandemic. I was really depressed those first two weeks, like did nothing, but watched a lot of YouTube. That's when I got into YouTube. Yeah. Horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I just like distracted. Yeah. (laughs) I distracted myself. But then after that, it was nice because all my friends came home, like just was decided. (laughs) The pandemic hit and everyone was in (laughs) lockdown with you and you're like, hey. (laughs) I barely missed any races. Yeah. That was it. Honestly, it was great timing. If you're going to do it, you did it. You did it at a perfect time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Um, was there, was there anything that really helped get you through them? Because you, I mean, I live with you, so I know all the thousands of hobbies you keep, but do you have something in particular that really stuck with you through it all or that kind of helped you get through it? Um, after my second one, I got really into painting and just like, yeah, yeah, just really liked painting and just kind of being creative and journaling. I have probably three or four journals from those years that are like the most immaculate journals I've ever (laughs) been able to keep because I just had so much time on my hand. Like I would wake up. I remember this after both my second and my third, I'd wake up in the morning, meditate for like half an hour journal for another half hour got really into cooking as well mm-hmm. I started making really good food that was nice just having I, so yeah, much time <laughs> I had so much time to fill that I just did so many things I'd never had time to do before and then also just like got way more into rehab and just getting strong it's cool and hiking because I couldn't really train in the summer like I normally would had time yeah to hike. I feel like we were trying to keep you out of mountain biking because 
behind ski racing, that is your next highest injury sport. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh God. Katie is like an unbelievable athlete in general, but mountain biking, downhill mountain biking holds something deep in your heart. Like, I don't know what it is, but you are the most competitive recreational <laughs> mountain biker I know because like it's unbelievable. We were talking about this when we were making gingerbread houses and I was like, man, like I am so competitive at two things gingerbread house making and mountain biking yeah. and there's like a bunch of ski racers not like are, aren't you a ski racer like are you not competitive <laughs> at that team like no like mountain biking you don't know, I know. you got me on Strava I'm like racing myself <laughs> yeah I do think post ski racing career you're gonna be a professional either I think downhill biker I don't know about cross country those girls are and I'm not that crazy. Yeah, Maybe but you're just so good at like, you're so good at downhilling that I just cross country these days is not a lot of downhilling, you know, like yeah. it's pretty, pretty mellow. Yeah. God. So that's, well, that's cool. You found other stuff to do. I mean, you've always been a, someone who loves to like go, go, go with activities. So it's hard to imagine you sitting down for like six months. Like I just can't even, like, I know you did it, but it's hard to picture it. Hard. Yeah. Taught me how to slow down a little bit. Oh, really? Did it? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So while the ACLs were some big injuries for you, I know that there was a pivotal moment in your life. I think in all of our lives, our whole family and all your friends and anyone around you. But when right after you tore your first ACL, we went to Maui for family vacation. And then you got hit by a car road biking and we're in the ICU for 12 days. You were in a coma for like six. And honestly, it was the most traumatizing time of my life because you didn't know who I was, but was there ever like, were you ever conscious of the idea that like, maybe I won't be able to get back to like ski racing? Was that ever part of your, like, did you ever, that ever cross your mind or no? It was like the weirdest thing, but I don't know if anyone knows about brain injuries, but like after brain injuries, you're like a different person. And for some reason, like, I don't remember this, but my mom was telling me about this. All I could talk about was when can I go home? I have that BC ski team camp that I have to get back to. <laughs> oh like weirdest. I'm barely alive at this point. I dropped like 30 pounds because all I would eat were peach cups. And all I wanted to do was get back to Whistler so I could be at the BC team camp. Cause I'm like, yeah, yeah. like, I had no idea how bad I was. I'm like, I was not like no chance I was going to be able to lift weights or anything, but I'm like, yeah, I got to get back. I have to be, I'm a ski racer. And from that point on, it's always just been like ingrained in me that like, yeah, like you're going to make it back. Like from no matter what you're, you're a ski racer. Like you're, it's just kind of what you are. Wow. So no, it was, it was a weird, never shift. crossed your mind. That is so insane because yeah. <laughs> I know that like our whole family for a while there, <laughs> we're like, we just hope she can string a sentence together at this point. <laughs> like, Hopefully she'll stop calling me French toast at some point, but um, wow. Do you think that that gave you kind of a different perspective of ski racing? Like, do you view it differently or do you think you just like see it as a bigger part of you? Yeah, it definitely at the beginning, it definitely changed. Like I was so in, 
like insanely just wanted to be back ski racing. And then that next, next season, I spent a lot of time in the back country mm-hmm. <laughs> with that, just like free skiing and stuff. And that's when it kind of shifted me. Like, it's not just ski racing, it's skiing in general, that no matter what, like that is my happy place. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of brought that into ski racing and just like the feeling you get while you're ski racing, like that's what has kept me coming back after every injury. Like, I don't know what it was, but during those first couple of days back on snow, I had never been so happy. Like my first, after my first ACL and whatever accident comeback, I like had never been that happy on snow before. And whenever I have kind of a bad day skiing or like, I'm not really into it. I don't know. You guys know how it is when you're not doing well at like a series of races. You're just like, yeah, that feeling just keeps you coming back. Like just chasing that. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I think that like, you're still the same person to all of us who know you so well. And I don't think the accident or the brain injury really changed you, but those first couple of years, you could definitely see your like appreciation for everything kind of shift. And you went from kind of this little kid to more of like a full adult who you just never stop. You're like constantly looking for the next thing to do, constantly just embracing whatever's happening at the moment. And I think that's like a, that's a interesting trait to have because I don't think a lot of, I mean, not ski racers specifically, but a lot of professional athletes view life that way because they're so like, Oh, what's the word focus? Just like they have one yeah. and that's it. That's definitely something injury has taught me is definitely the difference between my second and third ACLs was like my first one. I was so tunnel visioned because I'd come Mm -hmm. off of such a high that season before. And I was like, I just have to get back there. Like no matter what I do, I got to get back there. And I don't think I like ended up rehabbing properly just because I like rushed everything. I was like, Mm-hmm. five days post-op I was seeing my physio on the BFR like like, <laughs> like what what sane person talks their physio into letting them do that not I, I don't know and like coming back to snow I was like yeah seven months I probably wasn't ready for that but I did it anyways and like coming back to my first race like I was not ready for anything I did but I was so tunnel vision like ski racing I got to get back to being my top level as soon as possible. Whereas Mm -hmm. after that, my third one, I was like, you know, the more you try to force stuff, the less likely I find it to happen. And like the more disappointed you'll be when it doesn't, if you just kind of let it work, especially when it comes to injury, just like letting your body have a bit of a say in what happens. And like, obviously putting in work and going to rehab and all that is a major part of it, but also just letting it relax and like letting everything settle, like finding other stuff to put your mind to instead of just always focusing on what's hurt. That's been a huge thing that injury taught me. It's just kind of like letting it happen. Calm down. Yeah. Let things come to you. I think that's not something that we commonly, commonly preach in the athletic world because we've always been told to like fight and work for what we want. But a lot of things in life you have to let happen you can't you can't force stuff a lot of times that's a good I like that perspective so we know that you're an unbelievable 
ski racer and mountain biker, as I've now told everyone, but what other athletic activities are you into? Like what really, really brings you back to center kind of? Um, so last summer I broke my collarbone mountain biking. And so I got, (laughs) (laughs) I got really into hiking. Like it's awesome because my friends at home also just love hiking and we would basically spend every day in the mountains. Like I looking at my Strava, I'm a big Mm -hmm. avid Strava user. Um, looking at my Strava from that summer, I would go like eight days of hiking in a row. Cause we've gone like big overnight trips and then eight days of hiking in a row. I'd go to physio for my knee and have another eight days of hiking in a row. Like all I wanted to do was hike. And then this summer, because I was mostly healthy, I think, except for my foot. Um, <laughs> I got really into windsurfing, which is cool that we live in a place where you can like that was cool to watch. go We're hiking. It. Yeah, it's cool. Mm-hmm. Windsurf, fun stuff. Good little hanging out with my friends. <laughs> hanging out with friends? What the heck? You have time for that? Yeah, I squeeze it in like an hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> God. So you basically just pack in as many activities a day as you can, is what I'm hearing. Oh, and yeah. what I saw, because I <laughs> I literally did one activity a day with you, and that was it. That's all I'd see of you for the whole rest of the day. <laughs> kind of a psycho. <laughs> um, well, how – so you started school – last year. So this is your second year of school that you're halfway through and you go to CU Boulder where I went for three years and then abandoned you. But how, how do you find balancing that with ski racing? Because you're not taking some, some hodgepodge degree like I did with communications. You're taking a legit like neuroscience, physiology. Are you double majoring right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm psych and neuro. Psych and neuro <laughs> with CTD as a minor, but okay, we'll cool. See. So Katie's basically <laughs> chocker block full of school courses and trying to maintain a 4.0 GPA because you're a little bit crazy. But do you find it's hard to manage, like because you are such a go 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 person? Um, so last year was actually super easy because I spent like 11 weeks in quarantine just because of COVID, COVID and Boulder and our athletic rules and everything. And I wasn't scariesting at that point. I was still doing my return to snow and everything. So that was actually pretty easy. Um, I'd like have all my classes online and then I'd still be able to go on hikes or whatever I wanted to do and mm-hmm. like still work out and stuff. But this fall, the beginning of it was pretty chill because we had like enough time you're, you can only really spend two hours in a gym at a time. But then as soon as we started skiing, it got chaotic because <laughs> the way that our schedule is, we have training from seven till nine, which means we have to leave the ski building at six and we only get back at like 10. And then all of my classes would start at like 1230, basically. And I also have tutor and you have to meet with your academic coordinator and you just have to do your skis eat lunch and so I basically would ski until or get back to ski building at 10 
go home, get lunch, be in class from 12 till 6.30 every night, and then go home and sleep and do it all over again the next day. Mm-hmm. And that got chaotic when we had finals during Norams up in Pano. Like mm-hmm. I was just holding on when I got up there. And then I also had to study, had to race, had to take finals after. And that was a lot because I was taking 16 credits this semester. So next one, we're taking 14. We're going to just downgrade a little. Yeah. Yeah, It was a lot. It was too much for me. (laughs) Yeah. I am kind of a person who has a hard time um, focusing on two things like really fully. And I know with school that kind of got me, but luckily I knew like skiing was going to be my priority, but you have so many academic kind of goals as well. Do you find it tough to kind of prioritize one or do you prioritize it or do you kind of go like into both with the same mentality? Yeah. I think last year I was prioritizing academics so much just because I wasn't ski racing. And I was like, okay, well, if I can't do that, then I may as well be the best in my academics. And like, Mm -hmm. that's why I got, I got good grades and stuff last year. And then this one, I went super hard during the beginning of the fall when we weren't skiing, just because I was like, yeah, like we're keeping this trend going, like we're going to do well in grades. And then it's like, as soon as ski season started, it was like a full of the switch. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> she's got degrees. Like we're going to make it through, like we'll graduate and everything. But I, I want to ski race. Like if it was the choice between training or taking that extra time to study for finals, I would train any day of the week. Like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to kind of bring that back next semester to a little bit more academic because it definitely hurts when you see your grades drop after finals, but also I'm on the ski team. Like that's kind of why I'm at school. So yeah. yeah. I I do think that the NCAA circuit is such a cool route for athletes to take, but at the same time, it can be so mentally conflicting if you are an athlete that either potentially wants to ski after or knows where they were before they went to school. And then you either struggle academically or you struggle in your skiing and that, or in your sport in general. Like I find that's probably the hardest part to deal with is just managing expectations for both. And you kind of said that yourself, like it is hard to go into both a hundred percent. Yeah. That's, I tried to do that for a little while, like tour in November and stuff. I was skiing every day possible and I was doing school and I was still the thing that's on top of it is like I'm sure you could do just skiing in school fine but as soon as you try to like socialize or like just have a the tiniest bit of life outside of that like I went up <laughs> not even outside of it I literally went up to like watch Beaver Creek and that took a day that I probably could have used to study and then I found like after Panoramas I was so burnt out from <laughs> skiing in school that I took like three days of just lying in bed doing nothing because I was like damn that was exhausting yeah like, it, it takes it a takes lot out of you no I it is cool to see you though because I mean you said earlier that you literally went to spring series your first year fit so that you could get away from school and now you're out here taking like a super hard course load and you're 
managing both really well. So it is cool to see you take a different like appreciation for school. Yeah. It was such a weird shift. I like (laughs) last year you saw me. It was so weird. Like it's in high school, couldn't have cared less. Like I didn't study at all. Like as soon as I was skiing, I was like, nah, like school is a back burner. I will graduate and probably get into (laughs) university at some point. I never wanted to go to university. Like I, Mm -hmm. that was never in my goals. And then last year I was like, I need that 4.0. Like I need it so badly so <laughs> it's gone thankfully because yeah. I feel like I had, can use that to focus on speed now but yeah shift. <laughs> you you did go full in which is yeah. good for you I mean I should think that shows your personality a lot you definitely don't go half-ass into anything and I think a lot of people maybe peg people who get injured a lot as like reckless or kind of they don't have like a self-perseverant self-preservation um, Jean, but I honestly think it's just really impressive that you just go into everything with your whole heart. <laughs> I mean, I wish I did that more. Like, it's really cool to see. And it's not like, I mean, injuries are injuries. You come back from them, but yeah, I don't think it's something to ever be like, I don't know. Do you ever feel like you get bothered by how many injuries you have, or is it kind of just whatever it happens? Um, sometimes it's, more annoying when my body just like hurts mm. and I'm like oh like why are you hurting yeah and I'm like ah that's why it's hurting I know and it's kind of when it starts taking away from the sports that's when it gets annoying because I'm like oh like right now I'm trying to go backcountry skiing and I can only do three or four loops because my body hurts and I'm like damn <laughs> I am like <laughs> I am a 70 year old lady like this yeah kind of painful but I don't know it's it take is your dang collagen <laughs> I am a hydrolonic acid <laughs> uh man well it is really fun to watch you go at everything and it's very inspiring to watch you come back from injuries and just like the mentality you have towards everything is definitely something to be admired so do you have what should we I feel like we should end this off with like a pro tip we should do one. You should do one for coming back with rehabbing. Do you have like a number one pro tip for rehabbing? Um, yeah, don't rush it. <laughs> give Just yourself like, give yourself time and be patient. I think that's yeah. it. <laughs> Listen to your body. Like, don't have a timeline going in. Just go like as hard as you think you can. But as soon as it's not working, like there is absolutely no reason to force it because three or four days now could help you save you like another knee surgery later on so yeah okay two would be how to manage expectations coming back from injuries or time away from sport what do we think this one's hard I actually talked to my coach about this a little bit and I think it's you personally having the most expectations, like everyone around you will be like, Oh, there's no reason you should be winning a Norm if that's your first race back. And I think it's you acknowledging that just because people don't have expectations for you doesn't mean that you like have to prove them wrong. It's just, mm-hmm. they're accepting that it's going to take time to come back from that and kind of leaving your ego at home and just like mm-hmm. 
trust the process, you know? Yeah. Be kind to yourself and trust the process like that. Um, Okay. And three would be for all the kids aspiring to go to school. Do you have kind of a pro tip for one for getting into schools that you're looking at and two for maybe once you get there, how to manage it all? Um, yeah, for me, I'm pretty sure the only reason I got into school was because of my SAT because I didn't go. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) You're an unreal skier. You just happened to be injured the year you were. Yeah. Okay. That has nothing to do with it. Um, actually, no, I talked to a bunch of coaches kind of before I got injured and just like keeping those relationships because it's helped me even now. Like I can still train with the other teams if I have to, which Mm -hmm. is nice. So yeah, sending out emails, talking to coaches, studying for your SAT. If you have to take it to get into that school or whatever. Um, Those are all. But once you get there, once you get there, make sure to have fun. (laughs) Have fun. (laughs) Also, Also, make sure to have time set aside for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't even have to be doing school or any, like make sure that you're okay. Cause you can get so caught up in school, skiing, friends, like taking care of yourself and everything that all of a sudden you're running on empty and you're super grumpy and you're like, why am I so grumpy? True. Probably because you're tired dehydrated haven't eaten all day like I don't know just make sure that you're taking care of yourself yeah putting time aside for yourself school is the place I learned to be alone (laughs) yeah actually (laughs) take time for yourself you learn to really appreciate being alone at school (laughs) oh it was really fun talking to you I I mean I always talk to you but I'm glad I'm glad we got to do this and I really hope that this helps some kids going through rehab or maybe trying to get into school or just trying to figure out how to embrace the ski racer life because it is a challenging one. And you've had a bumpy, one of the bumpiest roads, I think of anyone I know. So if you can still be enjoying it and loving it as much as you do, I think that honestly, anyone can. Oh, thanks. (laughs) It's just the truth, my dear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, say bye to everyone. Bye. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Okay. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. (laughs) So that was my younger sister, Katie. In a lot of ways, we share some characteristics. And I mean, obviously growing up together, being sisters, we were really close. And after her accident, we got even closer. But over the years, being able to watch her come back from injury and kind of fight the odds of returning to ski racing and just dealing with all of the mental aspects of it as well as physical I think has really inspired me and she's pushed me in so many different ways so thank you so much for listening I am so glad I got to help share her story and if you like this podcast make sure to follow along for my upcoming podcasts and check in every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts Make sure to download and give me a good rating because it really helps out my platform. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. 
Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.